Q. Is this show called The Great British Baking Show or The Great British Bake Off? Bake Off is the real title and Baking Show is the American name for the show. How many years have we done the podcast? I don't know, since 2019. How many episodes? <laughs> Around 70. Were we supposed to cover another cooking or baking competition show? No, no comment. <laughs> Did we forget to do the Baking Awards last year? No comment, but we'll try to do them this year. Favorite baker from last a couple of seasons? Uh, I like Helena because of the goth vibes. My favorite baker? Probably Alice Febronio for making that cheap cake thing. <laughs> favorite week in the tent? Patisserie semifinal. Favorite challenge from the last couple of seasons? Uh, there was a technical where the judges asked the bakers to make a Twix bar. <laughs> and what do you think about this episode? Shocking. Can I introduce the podcast now? Yes. Welcome to the Quick Mix Podcast. This is a podcast about cooking and baking competitive shows. I'm Q. And I'm M. On your marks. Get set. Podcast. Hi again, this is Q. <laughs> I still am. Yeah, and I hope you enjoyed our intro, which we tried to kind of mimic um, the intro they did this week, which is also a series of rapid fire questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of this episode, Em? It was an interesting episode for me. I it thought it was a good episode, but I I have some questions. Yeah, that, I, I kind of feel like that's consensus online, too. Okay. A lot of people think that the results in this episode are very questionable. Mm -hmm. And it brings into question, how do they make decisions on this show? Mm -hmm. Is it based on like the episode's performance or overall performance? As well as what is the most important like aspects of the show when it comes to judging? Is the showstopper worth like twice as much as the signature or the technical? Are they all even? A lot of question questions arise from the results of this episode. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of discourse online. I think a it's lot of what, debate. Whatever the producers want. I feel like that too. It's like whatever <laughs> they want. <laughs> it's not consistent. But um, yeah, the results of this episode were very shocking to a lot of people, including myself. And we will talk about that once we get to that. But first, what did you think of this intro? I thought. So I'm still coming off of the high of the first episode. The breadfather. Yeah. They should have did that for Bread Week. Yeah. Or Braid Week. <laughs> as, I, as I accidentally called it last night. I mean, it could have been Braid Week. True, true. Yeah. So it was okay. It was I, okay for me. I, I liked it, but also because they talked very quickly. Yes. So they did their whole intro in 28 seconds. Okay. That's pretty fast. Pretty fast. Yes. I wrote down exactly what they did during their intro. Okay. And I feel like... We talked pretty quickly, too, and we could kind of beat how fast they did their intro. Okay. All right. So do you want to do this challenge? Let's do it. Okay. On ready, set, go, you'll ask the first question, and then I'll start timing, okay? Okay. Ready, <laughs> set, go. Plan or tart, what's the difference? Ask Prue. What's, the, <laughs> what's an even bake? You have to ask Paul. Do you, have, do you even know anything about baking? Not really. How long have you been on the show? Seven years. Do you still find a soggy bottom funny? Of course I do. I'm not an idiot. Has anyone ever been injured in a Hollywood handshake? I'm not at liberty to disclose that information. Who's Kate's Corner? It's Kate's, it's Kate Corner. Kate's Corner is a woman who lives down my street. What's Kate Corner? A corner where we eat cake. What week is it? Bread week. 
Can I do the fun part now? Yes, you can. Welcome to the Great British Baking Show. Okay. So how long did I say they took their... their... 28 seconds. We took 31. (laughs) I think I stumbled. But don't worry. We're going to keep doing this until we beat it. No, we're 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 okay. okay. No more more bits. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us while we, uh, we failed to beat their... <laughs> I think they did it really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. there were some funny parts in there. That's why they're, they're professionals at their craft. Although I'm sure Noel and Allison um, probably did it at least ten times, and not one time. Mm, mm. Twenty-eight seconds. I mean, we we only the three second difference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, <laughs> <laughs> let's get into the show proper. We hear some comments from the bakers at the beginning of the episode. Abby says, bread week is one of the most feared weeks because of Paul. Right from the start, we, we hear from Abby first. I kind of set the set the tone of the show. You also hear it from Dan. Dan says he loves baking bread, but he's not too sure about doing it with Paul looking on. A lot of emphasis on Paul. Everyone's scared of Paul this week. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of his week, yeah? Yep. Saku says Paul is the bread king. Rowan says, don't know if it's nerves or the dodgy prawn I had last night. <laughs> <laughs> Rowan, why are you eating dodgy prawns before the night before Bake Off, man? Yeah. Yeah. Tasha says, I've got the bread dread. Tasha could be a rapper. It's a good hashtag. Good hashtag. <laughs> and then uh, we go into the signature bake. For the signature bake of bread week, the bakers are asked to make a cottage loaf. Which is two stacked cobs, a classic shape. The style of bread is up to the bakers. They get two hours and 45 minutes. We get some notes from Paul and Prue. They say two loaves stacked on top of each other, a little round one on top, and a bigger round one underneath. They say it's simple, but it covers all the skills needed in bread making. They say specifically it needs to be kneaded properly, and it, there needs to be a bit of height on it. First up, we have Abby. Abby is making a country kitchen cottage loaf, which contains smoked garlic and rose. We get a lot of garlic in this episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Uh, it's a good thing I like garlic because same. Yeah, especially a lot of smoked garlic or wild garlic, which I thought looked, sounded very delicious. Yeah, and I was probably just hungry watching the episode. Yes, yes. <laughs> so we also learned Abby counts how many needs she does, and at the point that we check in with her, she's over at three hundred needs. Hmm. hmm. A lot of kneading. Yeah. Very, During very needy. <laughs> yeah, she's very needy. Yeah. <laughs> During judging, uh, Abby, she, I don't think she's too happy with how it turned out. No. Because you know how we described that Paul wanted to see height on it? Yeah. She, she did not have height on it. Not at all. She called her cottage <laughs> loaf a flat Janice. <laughs> yeah. And she said, it's not really a cottage as much as it is a bungalow, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, after they bite into it, Prue asks how much garlic she put into it. And she says, uh, she put quite a bit. And Prue says, it's too strong. She can't really taste the rosemary. And also, there's not enough salt, which might have affected the structure, which made it flat. Mm. It's kind of a bad start for Abby here. Yeah. All right, up next we have Christy. She's making a cranberry, rosemary, and walnut cottage loaf. It is a favorite recipe with her and her kids. Her loaf packed of full sweet cranberries, rosemary, and walnuts also contains multi-grain flour for an extra hit of nutty flavor. So during uh, the scene, Paul comes by and asks that if she adds too much flavor, will it hinder the growth of the dough? 
So whenever Paul comes by and asks a question, I'm sure it's very daunting. It's a hint. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. It also throws them for a loop. Yeah. Yeah. So she replies, yeah, then no. And then that she doesn't know. <laughs> Allison <laughs> tells her that's not a test. However, Christy does say that it makes her nervous and she just wants to impress them both. Paul says it, he thinks it sounds great. Uh-huh. Good save, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, Paul. Yeah. Derek judging Paul said uh, the color he loves, he thinks that uh, the cuts that she put into it are nice and deep. Prue said that it looked really appetizing. And then Paul said that he thinks it needs a little bit of salt also. Um, considering it had cranberries and walnuts in there, it's just a little bit bland. Mm. But overall, it's a decent loaf. So <laughs> medium start for Christy. Yeah, they both needed salt in there. Yeah. They're big so far. That's interesting because I don't really think about salt much when I'm having bread. Yeah, but I love salt otherwise. Mm-hmm. I put so much salt on like my steak. Yeah? Yeah. Mm. Probably more than the normal person. Because mm. I love the salt. Really? Yep. All right, next we have Dan. Dan's making a wild garlic cottage loaf. Taking a cue from Abby, he forged wild garlic <laughs> from a patch that he says no one knows about. So, Secret stash. Secret stashes of garlic is a the theme this episode. And also performing badly, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> His loaf contains rosemary and smoked bacon, along with a wild garlic pesto, which sounds delicious. And no asked about, like, what do you wear when you forage? Do you wear, like, like a Speedo, a, like a leopard Speedo? And do you have, like, a little basket to which Dan played along? He's like, yeah. And then Noah's like, you probably also have a massive top hat, which just seeing the image of Dan in a leopard Speedo <laughs> and a top, top hat, hat with a basket seems pretty funny. During judging, Prue says that if she saw Dan's loaf in a baking shop, she would buy it because it looks rustic and appealing. Um, however, when they bite into it, they say that overall the texture is good, but their one gripe about it is that the pesto is kind of just along the top of it, and it's not evenly distributed. Mm. And it seems to really annoy Paul. Because at the end, he says flavor-wise and texture-wise it's good, but the pesto is not distributed well enough. So mm-hmm. mixed judging for Dan here. All right, up next we have Dana, and she is making my favorite named loaf, the Bradley Cooper Cottage Loaf. Amazing. Big points for that from me. Dana is funny. You know that? Yeah, I like her. Yeah. She's good. It's going to be a chamotley smoked cheddar and bacon loaf. She does tell us up front that she does not make bread, and this is not her week. Question for you. If you knew you were going to be on <laughs> Bake Off, yeah. and would you say that Bake Off was an important Week would be bread a week. I would say yes. And then would you make that your week? I would also make that my week. <laughs> oh, okay, just wondering. <laughs> While she's using her mixer to knead her dough, her glass bowl crumbles. It's crazy. Yeah. I'd never seen anything like that. Yeah, she met it she turned it on like turbo setting or something. Yeah. That that mixer went up to ten. She's like, I'm gonna turn this to eleven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she had to do it all over again, basically. Yeah. All right. During judging, Paul said that it's split quite badly and, and it's done to underproving it. It needed another 10 minutes or so. However, he thinks that she got a great bake on it. Prue just said that it was certainly cheesy. And then Paul said that the smokiness does come through beautifully and the cheese and chipotle as well. It's a bit doughy, but her flavors are good. So it's hard to judge where everybody's at. Everyone kind of doesn't do the greatest this episode yeah this is kind of a rough episode for all the bakers yeah but it seems like she did decently well compared to the first two we talked about 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right, next up, Josh. Josh is making an Anduya pizza because last week pasta pizza was his favorite food, and Josh is a very smart boy. <laughs> well, as implied, he didn't actually say that. He is. <laughs> he is. But it's true, though, right? That's smart. Last week, when they were doing their favorite um, food showstopper, mm-hmm. I was like, I would make a pizza because I love pizza. And we get we get a couple of pizzas this episode. Mm-hmm. Competitive advantage. I like it. So his pizza contains India spice sausage, black olives, basil, and Gruyere cheese. Prue asked him, there's a lot of ingredients in here. Will it inhibit the rise? And Josh is like, I think I'll be okay. And he turns out right. <laughs> During judging, the judges say that his pizza has a lovely color. The proving is right. The flavor is great. And there's a nice balance of cheese and chili. There's good heat to it. Prue acknowledges that the ingredients did not hold it down. Overall, very well done. Josh is doing very well in the tent. Mm-hmm. I think he's trying to trying to get star bigger. Yes. 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 All right, up next is Maddie making an olive and tomato college loaf. So he's kneading with the stand mixer at first and then by hand. Bursting with olives, sun-dried tomatoes, and parmesan, he's keen to add to his loaf the addition of chili flakes to his dough. Again, we have an interaction with Paul, who thinks that the flavors are great inside. But then he asks about the proportion of ball size. (laughs) (laughs) Three-quarter bottom, one-quarter on top. And they joke about the proportions. <laughs> a lot of innuendo. Yes. That, that was the innuendo heavy part of this episode. Yeah. Mandy asks Paul if he would go one third, two thirds. But Paul says it's entirely up to him. Is it, Paul, if you're asking that? <laughs> Is it up to Maddie if you're inferring what he should do? During judging, Prue says it's certainly rustic. And we know what that means. But <laughs> <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> Paul says that he thinks he fumbled a bit when he cut it because it's gone all over the place, although it doesn't look too bad once they actually cut into it. Prue says there's a lot of filling, but it actually works. Nothing is overpowering anything else. It's lovely. Paul says, oh, the chili's coming right at the end. So I think he's got some good flavors going on, but maybe not aesthetically the best. Yeah, I think Maddie's fine. Yeah. And next we have Nikki. Nikki is making a roast garlic and rosemary cottage loaf, which also contains sea salt. Fun fact. Sea salt, my favorite salt. Ah, that you put on your steak in abundance? Yep, hmm. exactly. Do you have a favorite salt? <laughs> yeah. Do you like a Himalayan? The pink salt? Yeah. No, I just use... Actually, I use sea salt also, now that I think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's because it's coarser. When I was growing up, I only thought there was one salt, which was the Morton salt, because that's all my parents bought. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was the only one. That makes sense. Yeah. And then I learned, like, later, like there's different types of salt. <laughs> What about pepper? That's not a salt. That's pepper. I know, but how many types of pepper do you think there are? Oh, a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. Uh, Nikki's roast garlic and uh, rosemary cottage loaf. She doesn't use a stand mixer. Mm. Yeah, she does it um, all by hand. She she doesn't want to do the Dana thing of breaking glass. How many needs? <laughs> she, she doesn't tell us. <laughs> <laughs> needy nikki she does like give us a um technique for not keeping your hands cold which is you put your hands to your side and jump up and down oh yeah which yeah. i'm like is that really the best way to do that can't you just put your hands in your pockets or like fold them to keep them warm did you try it i did actually and i got tired okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway uh, during judging 
the judges say that uh, Nikki is gross garlic and rosemary cottage love. It's kind of dense inside. And unlike Abby, she used too much salt. Maybe too much. Mm. So she kind of overdid it on the salt. Mm. Yeah. So salt going everywhere this episode. Yes. All right. Up next is Rowan making an olive and tomato college loaf. College? He's going to college. Cottage yep. loaf. <laughs> that, that was uh, like your subconscious slip right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He seems to be falling behind with time. Remember when he said he was going to go big or go home? Yeah. He, he, he goes really big this episode. Big. You got to scale it back, <laughs> man. Episode. You didn't need time to finish your mix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So his large loaf filled with calabata olives and sun-dried tomatoes is inspired by a sun-strewn holiday to the med. He says it's very expensive there. Like, if you wanted a sorbet, you had to take out a mortgage. Yeah, I've been to the Amalfi Coast before. It's very expensive. Oh, really? Yeah. And all, they said also, like, the last couple of years, Yeah, it's been very popular because of Instagram. Because oh. all, the, all the, like, the pictures and the, the views are yeah. very, like, scenic. Yes. They say, like, most of the tourists now are Instagrammers and TikTokers. Ah. Would you ever go back? I'd go, but it oh. is expensive. Oh, you wouldn't? Okay. Rowan yeah. would not. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was in college. Oh, right. So maybe after he gets like settled in a nice job, he can take another vacation back there. Like, I can imagine going college, going there while you're in college. Yeah. Could be very challenging budget wise. Yeah. Especially if you have a nice taste for like fine cheeses and wines. That's what we learned like a couple episodes ago. (laughs) Rowan's living it big in college. He is. He is. All right. During judging, Paul says, it looks monstrous and asks how much flour he uses. He says 700 grams. Prue confers it is a big loaf. However, the structure is spot on. Paul says it's great color. The olives come through beautifully and the sun-dried tomatoes, not too much. Prue says that she can taste the sun-dried tomatoes, but does not think it's a little... Those He puts little S's on top of them for like decorations. Yeah. And she thought that it wasn't really necessary. Like if, it didn't add anything. I don't think it did either. <laughs> did yeah. you think it added anything? No. Noel did say that he should have just written Paul is king on his loaf. It would have been smart. Yeah. <laughs> it would have yeah. been smart. So, big, big loaf. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminded me of the movie Batman Forever where the Riddler would put question marks on everything. Oh, it's yeah. like that. It was kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, next we have Saku. Saku is making a cinnamon and orange college loaf. She said her kids love cinnamon toast crunch with orange juice. And I was like, together, I'm, I'm assuming that they'd eat it for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they pour like orange juice on top of their cinnamon toast crunch. Maybe. Like instead of milk. Yeah, that sounds not great. Mm. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> cottage loaf <laughs> contains orange zest and cinnamon, and she's using Sri Lankan spices. During judging, the judges say that her loaf looks good. The cuts are kind of um, not the best, not the most precise. Mm-hmm. They say it's, a, it's gone a little awry, awry with the cuts, but however, they say the color and the height is good. They say the hint of orange and cinnamon is good. The bread is slightly underproof. Because Paul does the finger test where he like indents his like thumb finger into the bread. Mm. And he said it doesn't bounce back, which it's mm-hmm. supposed to. So a mixed judging for Saku. Mm-hmm. But on the good side, I would say. Yeah. All right. Up next is Tasha. She's making a roast garlic and rosemary malted cottage loaf. She brought her own rosemary from home, from her mom's garden. She says that her mom has a very small vegetable garden, but she won't like that Tasha said it was very small. <laughs> it's her pride and joy. Just leave out that detail, Tasha. Yeah. Yeah, just say, I got it from my mom's garden. Yeah. 
So we have another garlic loaf here. Yep, a lot of garlic loaves. During judging, Paul said that because she put weight in the dough as seeds, she thinks it's going to be quite dense inside, but the proof of the pudding is in the eating. Prue said that she, she would have been so proud if she had done it. Paul did say that it was dense. However, it was delicious. It's not perfect, but it's like 90-odd percent there. Prue said that she wishes she had made it. So kind of a mixed bag between the two judges. But like Prue's comment is like the ultimate compliment. Yeah. I wish I would have made that. Yeah. Paul, he's a little rougher. Yeah. That's Allison said he's a little bit stricter. <laughs> I mean, it is his week. Yeah. But, but we get some comments from the bakers after the showstopper. Tasha says, that went pretty well. Thank you, Prue. Saku says, it went well. Ooh, Saku's funny. He's great. <laughs> yeah. Rowan says, Paul said my bake was monstrous. I'd rather do monstrous than mediocre. Would you, Rowan? <laughs> <laughs> Joss said that Paul liked the look of it. It had good color. One down, two to go. I think Josh is gunning for Starbaker. Mm-hmm. And Abby says, ah, flat Janice. I'm definitely <laughs> at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get into the technical bake. All right, this week the technical is set by the bad boy of buns himself, Mr. Paul Hollywood. Great name. Paul gives us his words of wisdom. It's all about the timing. It's not like, <laughs> okay, I'm pretty sure Paul has given that like advice for the technical at least a couple of times. Mm. The same exact wording. Shall we, <laughs> shall we start keeping tabs on the, the words of wisdom? I'm pretty sure he says at least twice a season. It's all about the timing. <laughs> As the judges leave, Noel says, uh, to make sure there's no cheating, they will be lowered into a medieval well. Fun. Yeah, that sounds fun. All right, the bakers are tasked to make a batch of eight delicious Devonshire splits. Noel says he often does the splits while he's eating Devonshire splits. (laughs) (laughs) Our judges are looking for soft, light, and rich dough buns that are split and then filled with a homemade strawberry jam and freshly whipped cream. They have two hours and 30 minutes to complete this. We then learned from Paul that he grew up on these. His dad used to make them in his bakery, and they're just delicious to eat. Where they're going to come unstuck on this particular challenge is the timing. But don't worry, he gave them words of wisdom. <laughs> he gave them very critical advice. Yeah. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of timing. They need two proofs on it. Yep. And so we'll see how they t- how they do. It's time for the bakers to prove themselves. Yeah. All right, let me go with the bottom three. Okay. <laughs> in last place, 10th place, we have Dan. Dan actually forgot to put caster sugar into his his bread, mm. which is bad. Yeah. Um, his texture is all wrong. It's not round. It's a very flat loaf, maybe the flattest one. Mm-hmm. During judging, the judges noticed that. They say his Devonshire splits are underproved, undermixed, and when they actually like bite into it, the dough crumbles. They also say it does not taste very good and is very dry on the mouth. So very bad for Dan here. Yeah. Dan, who's been really been doing really well in the first two episodes. None yeah. of theirs really look like the sample. No, not at all. Yeah. Even the, the, the number one didn't look like the sample. <laughs> no, like the yeah. way that the strawberries were placed in the cream in the middle of the... Yeah. Bun. yeah. yeah. Uh, second to last place, we have Rowan. They said that his Devonshire splits are odd and it's way too small. They say that the bread is massively underproved. And when they buy into it, they say it's basically dough. 
It's very dense. It's very bad for Rowan. Mm-hmm. And in third to last place, we have Abby. Again, they say her demonstrator splits are way too small. They're like golf balls. They need a longer proving. They notice that the bottom is kind of ripped. And when they bite into it, they say it tastes yeasty, which is mm. not good. Mm. So I'm just going to emphasize here, Dan in last place. Ninth place, second to last place, Rowan. And then third, last place was Abby, eighth place. All right. So in seventh place was Maddie. In sixth place was Christy. In fifth place was No Jam Nikki. And then fourth <laughs> place was Josh. And then coming in third was Dana. Pretty good for not doing bread. Yeah, Dana. You underestimate yeah. yourself. She did say that she was familiar with it, though, which is kind of a clue when they yeah. have, the, have the episode going. Uh, she said it's a bit like a donut, and she likes donuts. Hmm. During judging, Paul said that it's a bit irregular in shape and it's underproved. You can tell by the cracks on the bottom. They probably need another 10 to 15 minutes, but they are soft inside and they have a lovely flavor. And then Prue said that the jam was lovely. Mm-hmm. That leaves Tasha and Saku left. So in second place was Tasha. She said that she lives adjacent to Devon, but she's never seen one before. However, she makes a lot of bread rolls at home. Also a clue that maybe this is her thing. Yeah. Paul said that the buns are not bad. They're underproofed slightly, but it's got a good texture inside. The jam's good. They just needed icing sugar. Proof said it's got a lovely texture. It's delicious. And that they are very, very, very good. No icing sugar for some reason, though. Hmm. So, miss that mark. The Paul, the bad boy of buns, says that your buns are not bad. Yeah. It's like a Dr. Seuss rhyme. <laughs> Three times fast. Go. No, I can't do okay. it. <laughs> that leaves Saku in first place. Paul says that the size is good. They're proved well. The jam looks good. It's a decent one. It's a shame the cream's not looking nicer than it is. Prue said that they're quite light. They're big and light. Good jam. She likes it. It does look like there's a lot of cream, which she likes. So Saku did do the best, I think, out of all of them. Yeah. Would you apparently, agree? it also tasted the best. Yeah. Like, looking at it, it didn't look like the one that they had as the example. No. But I guess she got everything else right. I feel this episode is kind of relative... Oh, yeah, there's a, a curve. Between, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're grading on a curve here. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the round, we did hear from some of our bakers. Saku said that she was so happy. Dan said he was disappointed. He forgot to put the caster sugar in. But you just have to dust yourself down and go again, haven't you? Rowan says that he thinks they were too kind to him, actually. It was really like eating cement when he tried it. So fair <laughs> <Wow>. enough. <laughs> And then we hear from Abby. She says, look, she knows she's crying. It's just because she gets really emotional easily. She knows she's in the bottom of the pack now. She just needs to really smash her showstopper. Yeah. All right. We get a judges roundtable before the showstopper. Paul says that the standard was poor in the technical. Mm. The bread king is not happy. <laughs> he says Tasha and Josh are doing well. They're almost exactly the same. In trouble of going home, he says Abby had a problem with salt, and she also had a problem with the technical. But also Rowan and Dan also had problems, and they're also on the bottom. And they talk a little bit about Dan. They say, Dan, he did really well the first two episodes, but he kind of fell off a cliff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is, yeah, kind of apparent. They're all in trouble. And then Allison's, ooh, Paul, you're really strict. I kind of like it when you're really strict. Anyway, let's do the let's do the bread <laughs> showstopper. So for the showstopper, bake a bread week. The bakers are asked to make a plated centerpiece loaf 
which can be sweet or savory, but must have two different types of flour. The bakers get four hours. Is it plated or plated? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's plated. Plated. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I caught myself saying plated. I mean, <laughs> I it's mean, on a plate, it's on a plate yeah. technically, right? Yeah. That's why I said yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we get some notes from Paul and Prue. They say it's a chance to show out the bakers what they can do with dough. The focus during this challenge is the plating or plating. They're looking for intricate and amazing plating. Like painting a picture with braids, Paul wants to see it and think, how did they do that? So our first picker up is Abby. She is making a My Favorite Tree plaited centerpiece loaf, which contains a walnut and stilton trunk and branches and leaves made with wild garlic. Wild garlic again, and nettle. Mm-hmm. She is also using dock flour as her second flour. She uses nine strands, which Bruce says is wonderfully ambitious. Abby says, I want to stay. I have many more forged things to showcase, dot, dot, dot. During judging, they said that the design is rudimentary. After they bite into it, they say that the bake actually needs more cheese in it. They're not getting a lot of the cheese flavor. Mm. They do. There's a part of the bread that's kind of green. Um, they said that part is a little dense, kind of cake-like. Overall, they really like the flavors because they're unusual and interesting with the wild garlic and the Stilton. Um, however, t- the texture isn't quite right. So a mixed showstopper judging for Abby. They like the flavors. They did not like the texture. Mm-hmm. All right. Up next is Christy. She'll be making a honey and chocolate plaited centerpiece. She is doing an eight-stranded plait which she thought was a good idea at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Abby did nine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So her eight-stranded honeyed challah, she will also bake with chocolate and almond babka, both traditional Jewish plaited sweetbreads using almond flour, milk, and dark chocolate. Her grandpa is Jewish, we learn. And when she was younger, her grandpa lived in a beautiful home in Primrose Hill. And after Sunday lunch, they used to go and walk through the park. So it's to represent all the lovely memories. And she hopes that she can do it justice. So we learned a little bit about Christy. That was nice. During judging, Prue says, it's beautiful. Her mouth is watering and she actually wants to eat it. (laughs) (laughs) High praise. High praise. I actually want to eat that. Yeah. But they were two separate pieces. She didn't get them together. So you don't see the glory of the centerpiece, Prue says. The larger one does look beautiful and it's very light. Paul does say that it's a lovely hollow. The fa- flavors are fantastic, and he thinks that the texture is good. Prue also said that the other one, the smaller one, had a lovely flavor as well. Paul said that the nuts and chocolate work really well together. They're both really good breads. Hmm. So they did look really nice. They just weren't one centerpiece. Yeah. And next up, we have Dan. He's making a stuffed crust pizza inspired by Pizza Hut. Just kidding. <laughs> <You got laughs> he didn't more say pizza, that, though. but I, I thought it was implied. Yeah. <laughs> um, his stuffed crust pizza con- contains individual stuffed strands, and each strand has like mozzarella. There's a couple of strands that have fennel sausage, truffle salami, and truffle sausage in it, which sounds delicious. I've never had that before, but it does sound good. You've never had truffle sausage or truffle salami? No. It's it's very savory. Is it? Yeah. Ooh. It has a lot of umami in it, which mm. is good. Dan said he loves making pizza. And his centerpiece actually spells out the word pizza. It's big. <laughs> that thing spells out pizza kind of big. Dan has trouble with timing throughout this challenge. And dough distribution. And dough distribution. He, he has a really rough time making this thing. 
During judging, the judges say that the color is wrong, and they notice right away that it's not baked. Prue asks if he ran out of time. They say that the the bread itself is very doughy and somewhat raw. They say the concept has the makings of a good loaf, but Prue ultimately says, this is unlike you. We know you could do a hell of a lot better than that, mm. which is a very, yeah, that's very bad. Dan is Dan's showstopper, I'd say might, he might have done the worst of it. I think so. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. Raw dough. Yeah. Yeah. No compliments in the judging. Okay. All right. Up next is Dana. She's making tea beside the sea, platted centerpiece. She's doing a picnic basket. She's got green chutney dough. It's what they call sandwiches growing up. It's a filling of coriander paste with a bunch of different spices and everything, literally in two pieces of white bread, and it was sensational. It looked really good. Hey, boo-boo. Yeah. Do you like that picnic basket? <laughs> she said she'll be doing a three-strand plait because it's what she knows, and it's the fastest, and she just has to cover the whole basket, so she wants to go for her spread or for speed. During judging, Paul says that she's just going to flip it over, flips over the basket. Prue says that the best of the the best of it is beautiful padding on the bottom, and frankly, she thinks she spoiled it with all this tat. Mm. So, the coriander and cumin is delicious. Her flavors are absolutely spot on. Paul says he would like to have had a bit of crispiness on there. When you're doing a basket, take it off the bowl because now it's gone soggy. The bread, as it's cooling, it's sweating on the bowl, but he thinks it tastes great. So she had a little bit of an execution problem but yeah. overall the flavors are good next we have josh who's making a tiger mascot plaited centerpiece loaf which i must say looks great <laughs> I, I probably didn't channel tony the tiger that well that was it's great josh you did great <laughs> <laughs> okay because yeah. tiger mascot centerpiece loaf contains cranberry and orange and also chocolates and orange he does a cool thing with the plaits it actually it's kind of like a tiger stripes effect on it. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, Josh, like, he did really well with designing this and in, in execution. Yeah. And during judging, they say his tiger mascot looks amazing. He chose wisely with the dough to get the colors right. He says, they say that the face shape, which is done just with plating, is amazing. It's absolutely delicious, gorgeous, genius, and excellent. I feel like if um, Josh didn't get a handshake in the showstopper last episode... They would have given it to him on this one. Really? They were really impressed with it. And it looked really cool. Question. Yeah. So has anyone ever gotten handshakes two episodes in a row? Yeah, but not for the showstopper. Okay. Most typically you would get a handshake and a signature. Gotcha. But he already got a showstopper handshake last week. So right. Off the table. But very good for Josh. Mm-hmm. Dark Baker in the running. Mm-hmm. Up next is Maddie making the hammers plaited centerpiece. He supports West Ham, so he's going for a West Ham badge. Keen to make a push for the top spot, Maddie will plait the hammers from spiced whole grain spelt dough, while the shield will be made from two different plaited white doughs, one flavored with cheddar and jalapenos, the other sun-dried tomatoes, basil, and red onion. It's going to be flavored with turmeric, cumin, and curry powdy. Powdy? Powdy? Yeah. What is that? <laughs> curry powdy. Yeah. Delicious stuff. Yum, yum, yum. Mm. Mm. All right. Paul says he likes the idea of this and that the flavors sound good. So that's always a confidence booster. Prue does ask about the colors. What colors are West Ham? Maddie says they're claret and blue. Claret, when I looked it up, 
said it was like a wine, like a maroon color. Yeah, I was like, like, is he saying carrot? Yeah. He's saying it wrong. <laughs> Orange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So during judging, Paul says that he hopes Maddie is allowed back on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so not after the great start. Prue did say that's a bit unkind. Paul said it does like the design a bit of art. However, Prue says that it looks a bit biscuity. When they get into it, Paul says that it's bone dry. The mm. structure in, in a different section, however, is much better. Prue says that she does like the chilies and the bread is beautiful. The bread is really good, Paul says. So different portions of it were hit and miss. Yeah. All right, next we have Nikki. Nikki's, Nikki is making a cow who she names Angus. So she's making an Angus the Highland cow <laughs> plated centerpiece loaf. It's both savory and sweet. It contains cheese, pecans, and dates. She's also using wholemeal flour in addition. Describing the horns on the cow, she doesn't call them horns. She calls them <laughs> horns. Yes. Horns, which is kind of fun to say. During judging, they say that her Angus the Highland cow looks very clever and it's beautiful. However, when they bite into it, Paul says that he doesn't get pecan in every bite, which he would have liked, or bacon. Overall, they say that her display look, is incredible. It looks good. But Paul kind of annoyed that there's not an even distribution of ingredients on this. Mm. Kind of a theme in the episode. Yeah. Like, it's really hard to get, like, an even distribution of, like, ingredients inside bread. Yeah. Much easier with cake or, like, biscuit, but not with bread. Yeah. This week's theme is bad bakes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, up next is Rowan. He's making a bread Rowan tree. I like how he named it after himself. Yeah, yeah, cool. It's a sweet curry wholemeal loaf. He says he wants to punch them right in the jaw with flavor. He's kind of angry. Yeah. His flavor-packed tree features a six-strand plated marz- marzipan hala trunk supporting a bacon and parmesan three-strand st- three crown. Did they, say, they don't say parmesan. They say parmesan or something. Parmesan? They, I can't they don't that. say Sean. They say Parmesan. Uh, Parmesan. Parmesan? Yeah, they, they pronounce it differently. Mm. All right, well, it's a cheese. <laughs> complete with the red rowan berries. <laughs> we learned that his dad make a... Fr- his dad... <laughs> we learned that his dad made him a frame for this huge, colorful bake. And by huge, I mean this thing is actual tree size. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This thing is huge. Yeah, also his dad cheated. <laughs> he helped this kid with his science project. <laughs> All right, during judging, Bruce says that it looks absolutely fantastic and that he should be proud of his dad too. It's very strong. To which Paul says, it's hideous. <laughs> the dough <laughs> is raw inside. It's so dense. There's so much curry in there. Oh, man. The yeast is going, help me. I can't rise. <laughs> However, the second section is the same. There is part of the marzipan that is much more open. He says, Bruce says it's such a relief after the, the strength of the other flavors and the crust is absolutely delicious, but it's not enough to compensate for the other two. So one out of three sections. Good thing he had a lot of sections and a lot to choose from. Yeah. this thing was huge. Big old tree. <laughs> huge. He could probably sit on it. Put, put a, a, swing, a swing on yeah. it. <laughs> live in there, right? <laughs> Uh, uh, next we have Saku. She is a she's making a peacock on a branch plaited centerpiece loaf mm-hmm. inspired by the NBC peacock. Mm. NBC. I'm just kidding. 
NBC has no affiliation with Great British Bake Off. <laughs> shows on Netflix. Yeah. In a, <laughs> or in America. Channel 4. Yeah. <laughs> Her peacock contains garlic and rosemary with pumpkin seeds. And she also has a cute note that she plaits her daughter's hair. And I was like, oh, is that what you call it when you're like um, doing your child's hair? Plaiting? Yeah. I call it braiding. I feel like when I eventually am going to do that yeah. with my daughter, I'm going to call it plaiting. Are you going to do a nine-strand plaid? Yeah. <laughs> She's going to be like, Dad, this looks terrible. I don't want to go to school. <laughs> Can I stay home today? <laughs> or wear a hat? <laughs> don't judging. Uh, the judges say that the Saki's peacock is very big. <laughs> so big that Noel kind of needs like to give her a hand when they're bringing it up. Oh, that's right, yeah. They say that it looks very good. It's striking. And Paul does know that there's parts of it that kind of look unapproved. Actually, they, after they bite into it, they say it's a bit bland and a bit dense and somewhat dry. And over, overall, she did very well in the presentation. Prue says it's good art, although a little disappointing to eat. Mm. It looked good. Yeah, it looked cool. It was also big. Yeah, it, it could have gone into Rowan's tree. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably bigger than a regular peacock. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> it, was like, it was like bigger than life size. All right. Up next, we have Tasha. She is making a Medusa plaited centerpiece. She's plaiting snakes. Her grandma saw one of her practice bakes and she thought they were prawns. <laughs> And Rowan ate it. They yeah. had a stomachache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and her mom thought they were something entirely different. So, hmm. Inspired by a love of Greek mythology, she will play Medusa's face and hands from rye and whole milk bread filled with pastrami and cheese, while the green snakes will be made from spelt dough flavored with pistachio pesto. Hmm. Noel asks, are you hoping to turn the judges to stone? To which Tasha replied that she will deliberately be covering Medusa's eyes. So Paul and Prue are safe. How so thoughtful. nice of her. I Very know. thoughtful. I would have done it. Yeah. I would have turned them to stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. We get a lot of judging. Paul says that he thinks it's beautiful. It's a work of art. Prue says that the hands are the most beautifully plaited. Look at those little fingers. And that the face has real expression, quite sinister. And the hair, very, very clever. I will say the hands did look really nice because you can think they could really become cartoonish. Yeah. Right? Yep. But they were really nice. Paul said that she's caught some of them in the oven, though. It's gone a little bit too dark. It's really strong, fresh pesto, just delicious. When they tried the face, the pastrami, and the cheese part, Prue says that, Tasha, you are one hell of a baker. That's beautiful. Paul says, stunning. He's never seen anything like that before. The flavors are good. The textures are good. She understands bread and he likes that. Mm. Well done. And then he remembers to give her a handshake, but doesn't do it. I was going to bring that up. <laughs> I also feel like if Tasha didn't get a handshake last episode, she would have gotten a handshake here. And then a um, friend and listener of the show, Allison, shout out to Allison, messaged me last night. And she's like, do you think that Tasha was robbed of a handshake? I do agree that Paul seems like he was contemplating it. Mm -hmm. Like it almost happened. Mm -hmm. But he was like, I just gave her a handshake last week. Kind of the same thing that happened with Josh. Mm. They might have gotten handshakes this week. Mm -hmm. They didn't get handshakes last week. Paul's hand is very tired. He can only do a certain amount. <laughs> he has, a, yeah, he he has should, a limit. He should do those Nikki hand warming exercises. Yeah. Can you imagine if like Paul like, took his hand out for a handshake and he had a Mickey Mouse glove on? <laughs> 
<laughs> we sound good. Anyway, that, that's the showstopper bake for bed week. We can hear some comments from the bakers. Tasha says, yeah, I'm so happy. That comment from Paul, that's the biggest win from bread week for me. Mm. Ron says, diabolical, <laughs> monstrous yesterday, hideous today, gonna get that tattooed on me. <laughs> what is Ron's approach here? <laughs> Why would you want Paul's comments tattooed on yourself? Abby says, they did have their criticisms, but they really liked my flavors. I still might not have done enough. And Dan says, pretty gutted. I was looking forward to bread week. Prue gave me some nice words because she knew I can do it. I am probably going to go today. And then we get a judges roundtable. So, Allison says, Bread week ended up as dread week, which it kind of did. Um, Paul and Prue said that the bakers got kind of caught up with plating. They kind of ignored flavor and texture, which is bad. They say Rowan's tree looked good, but that curry bread was almost inedible. For Dan... Everything was kind of bad. He's in danger. Although he did okay in the signature. Mm -hmm. They said Abby had a shock. They love their flavors for the showstopper. But the textures were wrong. So those three are definitely in trouble. Which is kind of crazy because they've been kind of at the top of the pack the last the first two episodes. Yes. Or at least Abby and Dan, right? Yes. Yeah. Dan was the first star baker. And that was only two episodes ago. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Everything's kind of changed in Bread Week. In line for Star Baker, it's very similar to last episode. It's between Tasha and Josh. They say Tasha's flavors are really nice, and the hands on the Medusa were exquisite. Josh, they say, his tiger was really good. It was a great loaf, and Star is definitely between those two. So, What kind of loaf was it? Josh? Yeah. Tiger? It was a great... <laughs> it was great! <laughs> Tiger. <laughs> Josh did great. Yeah, Tony the Tiger popped up and like, Josh did great. <laughs> and then he left the scene. <laughs> so before we actually get into results, who did you think would get Starbaker? I I wasn't sure. I I, I mean, I'm always pulling for Tasha. <laughs> yeah. So Tasha's on your team. Yeah. Tasha's on mine. Yeah. I thought they might split it because Tasha got it last week. I thought they gave it to, they might give it to Josh this week. Just like how you can't get two handshakes in a row. <laughs> I know. You can't win two Star Bakers in a row. Oh, that's in the it's in the contract. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they do announce Star Baker and it's Tasha. Mm -hmm. Tasha wins again, two Star Bakers in a row. She's kind of the the front person for the first like third of the season so far. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna ask you, who do you think was going home? This was tough. I think I thought it was Dan. I feel like if they're just judging it on like this episode, yeah, which sometimes they do, they say like, oh, this week, like one week and like ruin it off for you. Yeah. Dan probably did the worst this episode, right? Yeah, because his showstopper was kind of inedible. Yeah. And then if they were judging it on like the first three episodes in totality, mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be Rowan. Yes. Because yes. Abby and Dan have been doing so well. So I thought it would be Dan or Rowan. <laughs> <laughs> so they announced that sadly someone has to go home. It's actually Abby. I did not think it was going to be Abby. gets sent home, which is kind of crushing and shocking to me. It was even more crushing to me. <laughs> she was my first pick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is kind of surprising, right? Because if you're looking at each of the individual bakes in the signature, she probably, yeah, she didn't, she probably did the worst in the signature. Right. 
and then Dan had a mixed judging, and Rowan did pretty bad in signature as well. In the technical, those three were at the bottom, with Dan at the like at the temp spot, which was like the last. He did the worst in the technical. Yeah. Um, Rowan did second worst in the technical, and Abby did third worst in the technical. And they went to the showstopper. I feel like Abby did better than Dan and Rowan. Same. Because they liked their flavors. But Dan and Rowan, they basically said their bakes were inedible. Right. Which is why it was a surprise to me that she got sent home. Agree. So I don't know, judges, like, what's going on here? The baking fandom wants some answers. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking Abby was on a good trajectory also. <laughs> She's last, a last really episode. strong baker. Yeah. See her get sent home so early. It's, yeah, it's very surprising. I've yeah. lost my first two picks. It was, yeah, it was a shock. Mm. We get some comments from Abby. Abby says, I knew it was coming. I'm really proud of myself. I never thought I'd be able to do this. It has given me a great confidence boost. I've met amazing people and I'm going to remember every day for the rest of my life. Quite looking forward to getting back to my vegetables, which is, she's going to be foraging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rowan says, I do feel lucky because he kind of thought he was going home as well. Dan says, Abby, going is tough. He can't afford another week like this. And then we hear from Tasha. Tasha says, I got Starbaker again. What the hell? Bloody hell. We get a lot of hell this episode. There's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I go into things with quite low expectations of myself. And I think I need to stop doing that. So right on, Tasha. You're a very good baker. Mm-hmm. And that is the episode. Mm. All right, let's do our segments. Let's. Favorite bake? Favorite bake. Mine's is easy. I want to taste that 20 of the tiger. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going for the Medusa. Yeah. I think those two <laughs> those would be two, the, yeah. 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 I mean, they almost get handshakes. Yeah. If they didn't get the last week's. Funniest moment? Ooh, I got a couple. All right. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper is great. Um, there's a part where Saku and Allison are I, playing exactly. cricket. Yeah. <laughs> this is mine, too. <laughs> and then Saku hits Allison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, there's also, <laughs> like, Nikki does a drawing of her cow, like, a, and it's in three pages, because it's so big. Oh, yeah. And then it's literally just three pages, right? Yeah. And it's just one drawing of a cow. Noel tries to put it together like a puzzle, and he seems like he's genuinely having trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. But, yeah. It didn't quite look like it fit together, though. I, I Yeah, I get it. I was yeah. like, I would probably need a second to, like, figure it out, too, even though it's only three pieces. Yes. <laughs> a three-piece puzzle. Yeah. But, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that was good. All right. All right. Let's talk fantasy. So, even though I had Star Baker this week, you ended up with more points. So yeah. this week you have 35 points for Team Q. Woot woot. Team M got 30 points. Actually, it's not too much of a win. I'm still very much behind. It's still good. It's still good. So <laughs> Team Q has a total of 102 points. Team M has a total of 137 points. However, I am one baker down. Mm. And both of my two top picks are gone. <laughs> Whereas you have only lost your last pick which wasn't even your pick <laughs> yeah so you're in a good a, position for a star comeback. Baker, though i need to get a star maker well it looks like it could be dan's turn dan oh not sorry <laughs> josh's turn dan who we think should have gone home <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think josh is up for a while well yeah i mean dan tasha tasha dan i mean dan huh? <laughs> tasha tasha dan tasha, so we're gonna make that joke again <laughs> 
All right, prediction time. All right, so last week you had winning Josh. Wrong. Close. I had Nikki. <laughs> Close. You had going home, Nikki. <laughs> I had going home, Dan. Uh, mm. So we were way off. Well, you did have Josh at the top. But. Yeah. All right, next week is chocolate week. Chocolate week. <clears throat> okay. Who's winning Star Baker? I'm going to go out there and say Saku is winning Starbreaker. Oh, Saku. I think she's going to put some spices in that chocolate. It's going to be good. Okay. Who's going home? It's rough. I don't know. It's it's so hard to predict who's going home. Like, There's no way I would have predicted Abby going home this week. Right. So I'm going to say Rowan. That's okay. He's going to eat some more shrimp. <laughs> more questionable shrimp. Stay away from the prawns. He can't do it. He loves those prawns. <laughs> All right. I'm going with, <laughs> since I said Dan, I'm sticking to my guns. Dan for the win. Wow. Okay. All right. Going home. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Maddie. Wow, Maddie? Fan favorite Maddie? He has yeah. some wedding planning to do, though. Yeah, that was a that was probably not a good pick, huh? Because producers need him on the show. <laughs> Especially after... <laughs> After this week's yeah. debacle. <laughs> hmm. Okay. All right, we'll see. All right, so next week, Chocolate Week. Very, uh, very interested to see what happens there. Yes. A quick note about next week. I'm going on holiday, as you would say, if you're in the UK. Mm-hmm. So our episode will be a little late next week. Mm. Um, but it'll be out. Yes. <laughs> Eventually. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Um, all right, you guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, subscribing, and thank you for all the likes and reviews. We have, we do have a Instagram. It's at Quick Mix Podcast if you have any feedback. But until next week, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. All right, let's try those questions one more time. Okay, all right, let's do it. <laughs> and I'll time it again, okay? Okay. Flannery tart, what's the difference? Ask Prue. What's an even bake? You'd have to ask Paul. Do you even know anything about baking? Not really. How long have you been on the show? Seven years. Do you still find a soggy bottom funny? Of course I do. I'm not an idiot. Has anyone ever been injured by a Hollywood handshake? I'm not at liberty to disclose that information. Who's Kate's Corner? It's Cake Corner. Kate's Corner is a woman who lives down my street. What's Cake Corner? The corner where we eat cake. What week is it? Bread week. Can I do the fun part now? Yes, you can. Welcome to the Great British Baking Show. <laughs> Okay, 23 seconds. There we go. All right. There we yeah. go. Yeah. We, we did kind of go fast, but I think we got it. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Bye. Bye.